Welcome back to The Strong Room. On this segment, estate and trust planning specialist Sherry McMillan explains two of the main reasons why people plan their estates. She's in conversation with Peter Watts of News Talk 770. When you create estates of such high caliber, and, and that's happening more and more and more often, families are creating portfolios of real estate, cottages, businesses. And so when you do that, you do have a desire to make sure there's a preservation and a protection put around the estate for two reasons. The first one, as you made mention, is taxation. We work very diligently to create the estate we have, and we don't want to give up value to the government because we haven't been mindful about how we go about planning our tax. And the government isn't forgiving um, if we aren't doing it in advance proactively. They don't say, oh, you know, you, you could have done it this way and not paid that proportion of tax. They never volunteer that. What we have to do is obviously take accountability and responsibility around our estates and make sure that we have the right tax designs established so that we are proactively keeping as much of that estate as possible. So the why for a life plan or an estate plan is to protect assets, to maximize wealth, to minimize tax. Now, who needs to have an estate plan? Well, my pat answer, of course, is everyone. Um, Obviously, the moment you start to create an estate, you have to have an estate plan. But that being said, what we do find is we're all naturally procrastinators as human beings. And so we find that it's the families that have created substantial affluence and are concerned about it that start to pursue the arena of estate planning. And also the elderly obviously start to pursue estate planning because the end of time is nearing. And so the consciousness about um, not having things in order comes to mind. So we do recommend though that any family that has created an estate of a million or more um, certainly sits down with an estate planner and makes sure that the estate is designed in a manner to do two things. And interestingly enough, you wouldn't think that this is the first thing, Peter, but the first is the life plan, as you've mentioned, because we're living longer and longer today. Many of us actually are going to make it to 100. And if we do, we don't want to plan our estate to only bequest to our family. We might need to use it, and probably we will. And so we need to design the estate plan to protect ourselves through our lifespan first, as you call it, the life plan. And then the second tier or the second plan is actually planning for the children. And that will be with the remainder balance of what's left in the estate after you've had a wonderful, enjoyable retirement. So we've talked about why an estate plan is important. We've talked about who needs one. Uh, The next step is finding somebody to help us put one together. If I'm out there looking for somebody to assist, direct, guide, uh, make suggestions, whatever, what criteria should I be using to find somebody who's really qualified to help me in this area? It's really an excellent question, and it's very pertinent to our modern times. And the reason being, Peter... I use the analogy that each field has developed over time. For example, as far as medical uh, concerns that we have as family members, we have our general practitioner, we have our general physician typically, but we're never going to go see our general physician if we have a cardiology problem or a heart issue. Um, So we'd see our cardiologist in that case. And in the same way, in estate planning, um, although there are many lawyers, accountants, um, professionals that we can seek for pieces of information around our estate, The challenge is, in order to have a comprehensive 
plan design properly, we actually should be retaining somebody called a trust and estate practitioner. It's called a TEP. And in English, it simply means that these individuals, these professionals focus and specialize only in their arena of estate planning on an annual basis. They have to have particular credentials and background, 10 years tenure. They, in addition, have to stay current in legislational changes that happen both in Canada and internationally, because most of our families today in modern times have more than one estate. They have an estate here potentially in Canada, but they might have a U.S. property, for example, or a child living in the United States. So what we're looking for from a credential point of view is we want them to have an ability to see the picture from a bigger scope and make sure that they're not damaging that family's position in one arena where the system of law is not complementary to our system of law. And that can happen province to province even. And I think the other part of this is having somebody who can access the kind of uh, uh, information and people that is needed in other jurisdictions. So if a question comes up about a, a cottage property in BC or a, a, a second home in Scottsdale, Arizona, or something like that, that that, that estate practitioner has both the wherewithal uh, and the help needed to provide good information to a client. Certainly, Peter. And I, I say within our own office and our practical experiences, of course, we have CAs and lawyers in-house and CPAs. But that being said, what happens is often we will have debate. Um, we'll have, you know, two or three legal points of view on an issue within an estate. And so we'll often source others to come in and give feedback about what they think the solution may be in a particular scenario. So, you know, it's not black and white in family dynamic. And it's it's not black and white between the different jurisdictions of law or in tax for that matter. So what you want to know is what are your options? What are the possible solutions and which one should you integrate um, that fit your family's dynamics and situation? And that takes some customization and that takes um, really the ability for somebody to be understood and understanding that means that the goals of that particular family unit and, and creator of the estate is really thought through and also implemented in both all of these arenas, both in law and in tax, and that we're sure that they're not uh, working against one another in some manner. And very sadly, this can happen very commonly. So, you know, uh, we we have a family more recently, Peter, we had the delight to work with, and they have a family business that's very successful. But unfortunately, they had a whole bunch of cash situated in a business in that it disqualified them for getting a tax-free rollover in their estate. And so there was an ability to solve it, but we needed to understand that they wanted to transfer that business to the children. And so I don't think that dialogue had been happening with their practical uh CA, from the point of view that her CA was doing their compliance work every year, he wasn't their estate planner, and so it was just a miss. And ultimately, these are the kinds of things that we see in an estate often, not deliberately so, but because we need to make sure that there's somebody overseeing as a specialist this area and guiding all the professionals so that they're meeting that family's goals in their estate. It is possible... And, and unfortunately, it happens too often where an estate plan or a life plan is started too late. It can never be started too early. I mean, somebody who's 25 or 30 uh, could, could start an estate plan right there, knowing full well that there will be a series of events in that person's life uh, where there will be some kind of financial impact, whatever it is, uh, and having a game plan for uh, how that 
will be handled when the time comes. I think you're absolutely right. And one of the unique parts uh, that we are observing more and more frequently is the fact that the younger generations are creating wealth much more quickly than the generations above them. And their opportunities obviously are out there for them to seize, but many of them are seizing them. And so we have many young entrepreneurs that have started businesses, um, bought real estate portfolios, have good jobs and high paying salaries. These types of individuals are creating estates. They may not be the 82-year-old. They may be, as you're saying, the 25 and 30 and 40-year-old. They have estates. And sometimes I think they're disconnected from the fact that they're creating them. Um, Whilst they create them, you're absolutely right, Peter. It's like the opportunity costs on things in life. The younger you are in which you design proactive tax work in your life plan, the better that work amplifies and becomes. So if you can clear more of the wealth that you create each year, then you have more to build with. One of the things I have loved about this particular section is the whole area of trust planning, which has a lot to do with with things like tax planning, generational planning, charitable giving. I mean, these are all separate topics, but really trusts are uh, not perhaps a well-understood term, and yet they're a very important part of good estate planning. Exactly, Peter. And I think why they're not well understood is we have a Hollywood point of view about them. And I call it that. But when you hear the word trust or um, they have a trust, you always immediately react like, ooh, those families, exceptionally wealthy. This is movie star material or the Hershey Chocolate family uh, legacy. You know, you don't think of it in the normal sense of the word as a practical word for your own family unit. But I can assure you that if you have created an estate of that caliber of a million or more, that you've actually outgrown the traditional process of will planning in your state, but you've grown into trust planning for your affairs. And what that does is it's a very interesting mechanism that we have the privilege to utilize. And there are a number of different kinds of trust, Peter. So depending on your own personal circumstances, you can select the kind of trust that suits your needs. So for example, we have trust that would suit the need of a business owner that wants to uh, carry on being in business while they're in later retirement, but also wants the children to inherit it. And that particular kind of trust, we often call the family trust for the business, but we also call it the estate freeze trust, because what it does is it allows us to do some tax work with the CRA and push them out of the family business a little longer. And a little longer is a whole generation, by the way, and that's very, very helpful when it comes to opportunity costs, because if they can hold on to some of the business capital for another generation, you can imagine how the business can flourish because of it. So that tool is exceptionally powerful for the business owners. A reminder, the Macmillan Estate Planning Seminar is Wednesday evening, September 24th, 7 p.m. To register, you can call 403 266-6464 during business hours or register online anytime at macmillanestate.com. Macmillan spelled M-A-C-M-I-L-L-A-N. This is The Strong Room.